yeah So put your purse down and take off your jacket Oh girl, it's about to get nasty And you love what we're gonna do So Episode 4,000 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. How are you, Ben? Okay. Feels like 4,000. You know, I was just thinking that we're at that time of year where uh, I would bet almost anything that you're planning to get at least one and maybe two guests for the topics that you have to pick this week. (laughs) It is that... Brett Tomko drawing interest portion of the offseason. Do you remember the drawing interest piece I did last year? Uh, no, remind no, me. No, of course you didn't. It was <laughs> the season. I mean, you know, news gets so scarce and yeah. topics get so so hard to come by that I wrote an article for uh, the site on players who were drawing interest, and the entire article was. I actually oh, drew, right, right, I tried right. to, I tried to draw artistic representations <laughs> of the actual interests that yes. they would draw like <laughs> this play I forget who it was it it was not a piece that did well <laughs> no that was that was a weird one but you get to show off your paint abilities it was the it was ar- arguably the weirdest one I've ever done <laughs> Freddie Sanchez drawing interest and uh, Jason Giambi is working out and drawing interest <laughs> and Adam Kennedy drawing interest and I tried to represent in in a, in a visual style yeah their interest they drew that they I've, would have drawn. I've wanted to do something similar I like the eyeing teams Uh eyeing and i've always wanted to like try to go back and watch games and try to find pictures of people on that team staring at that player but it's just it sounds really hard and time consuming and probably not much of a payoff yeah fair enough (laughs) uh all right uh trust me not much of a payoff whatever whatever mlb trade rumors headline puns you've got in mind they they are best limited to tweets (laughs) Yeah, I don't do those. Uh, all right. So speaking of these things that are happening, mm-hmm. um, I thought we would look at. Well, let me just back up. Um, Nelson Cruz still a free agent. Yeah. Nick Cafardo still a baseball writer. Mm-hmm. The two merged this weekend when Nick Cafardo wrote about Nelson Cruz's free agency. And he wrote this, would a one-year pillow contract be best for Cruz? That's what a few general managers we spoke to seem to think. Some of the rumored four-year deals at $75 million don't seem to make sense for a player coming off a PED suspension. It seems Cruz needs to reestablish his value. It would open more opportunities for him in places such as Seattle, New York Mets, Toronto, and Baltimore, among others. Cruz remains one of the best hitters out there, but teams are wary about PED guys after they're off the stuff. Yeah. They're, wary. I, they're wary of PED guys, right? Mm. Can you be wary about... I guess you'd be wary about... Mm. Of, yeah, 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 I would be of, yeah. Wary of. Um, so I thought that we would look at... There are, if I'm counting correctly, there are six um, of our of Baseball Prospectus's top 25 free agents, or maybe just R.J. Anderson's top 25 free agents available, not counting A.J. Burnett, who is a special circumstance. We stand and, behind him as a company. 
you can say mm-hmm. baseball prospectuses. Yeah, and I did. And yeah. uh, so six of the 25 top free agents are still free agents. Uh, you <laughs> and I, I believe, are both generally fans of pillow contracts. Um, or the term, we, certainly. The term, the term, and because we like the term, we, we have talked about them before. I thought we would just go over these six. Actually, there's seven if you count. Uh, well, you, all of them must be, they must all be pitchers in Nelson Cruz, right? Uh, probably. Nope, not <laughs> no. true. Nope, not the case. So Almost. seven. Mm. Uh, and I, I just thought we would go through and see whether, uh, I, I actually uh, am a, I think that the pillow contract uh, should be, uh, well, I, I think it should be uh, much more frequent. So well, I, th- I thought we'd go through and see whether you thought any of these guys are also, uh, have reached the point, anytime I'm free, there's a certain point in the offseason where inevitably any free agent that is left and has, um, you know, potential value in his performance w- will start getting pillow contract talk about him. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that makes sense because um, free age, it, it, the, there's evidence that free agents make less the, once they sign later at, at a certain point. Once they sign this yeah. late, they get less uh, for how good they are. Um, than guys who sign earlier. And um, presumably, if that is a, a line that goes straight down into spring training, um, then every day makes it sort of more tempting to have that conversation about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if we're at that point quite yet, but there are only seven of the top free agents left. So maybe we are. So I thought we'd go through okay. and see if you think they have a case. So first, Nelson Cruz, uh, mm-hmm. who is n- number 11, and mm-hmm. we'll start with him because... Uh, that's what we're starting with. Um, do you, does this make sense to you? Does it make sense to you that Nelson Cruz would need a, uh, a pillow contract to mm. rebuild his value after a PED suspension? I don't think so. I don't buy that. Uh, I don't think it has much to do with the PED suspension. It might have something to do with it, but we've seen every other player who's had PED suspension get work, right? And most of them haven't seemed to take huge pay cuts. I mean, Johnny Peralta is doing pretty well financially these days, although I guess his his suspension, I guess, was for a, a 2012 thing that he did. So theoretically, he was clean last year, maybe, um, if I remember the sequence of events. But uh, so I guess you could say the teams weren't scared of him because he played well last year, um, whereas Cruz, they could be scared of him. But I don't know. I As I said, when when the Cardinals signed Peralta, I thought it was evidence that teams weren't that worried about PED guys and signing them and thinking that they were suddenly not going to play well anymore because they would be too afraid to keep taking whatever they were taking and whatever they were taking was responsible for how well they played. So I think with Cruz in particular, there are lots of other reasons that that could easily explain why he is not getting the offers that maybe people thought he would be getting. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think he's not that great, really. I mean, he's uh, he's probably the best position player still available, but he is 33 years old. He's going to turn 34 next year. He has no defensive value. He has no base running value. He's a pretty good hitter, but uh, unless you buy into the the right-handed power scarcity idea. He doesn't get on base a, a whole lot. Uh, he's kind of, you know, maybe an average player right now, if that, and he's going to cost a draft pick. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would age particularly well. 
I mentioned uh, on, on Clubhouse Confidential last week that his top Pakota comp is Juan Gonzalez, which, um, you know, one comp doesn't doesn't mean the world, but Juan Gonzalez was essentially done as a productive player at Nelson Cruz's age. Uh, and he, he's good for like a hamstring strain or two every year. So with all of that combined, if he was coming out and asking for a, a four-year deal or expecting something big, I can understand why he wouldn't have gotten one yet. And uh, and Jeff Sullivan did a piece, what, last week, like looking at potential landing spots for Cruz and just like couldn't find any. <laughs> he just like couldn't find any teams that would want Nelson Cruz. Like almost, almost money aside, there just aren't a lot of openings for that sort of uh, DH player who's just kind of limited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one thing, I mean, one thing you said, uh, I agree with, with everything you say. I, 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 I don't, I mean, if, if the problem is that he can't get anybody to give him four years and $75 million, it's hard to imagine what he's going to do that would, would get him that next year. I mean, he's got basically one year in his, in his career that would have justified that. Uh, that was, you know, th- four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, more, I mean, it seems like one of the great traditions of the pillow contract is going to a place like Texas, um, where the ballpark will pump up your numbers a bit. Yeah. And uh, almost anywhere he goes is going to have a, a, the opposite effect. Uh, but there's one thing you said, which is the draft pick. Um, that is probably one reason why he's having trouble getting anybody to sign him right now mm-hmm. uh, or at least it's it's a part of the math that teams would do and it's quite likely he wouldn't have a draft pick attached to him next year he might even be able to negotiate in his pillow contract that he won't have a draft pick uh, attached to him next year so um, if that is we don't uh, we don't know exactly how much teams price that at um, but it's probably I don't know I wouldn't be I, I guess it would probably be somewhere between maybe you know four and ten million dollars mm-hmm or so, maybe. Uh, so even if, even if you think that, um, like, let's say he's depending on where your pick is. Depending on where you're, yeah, of course that's true. If you're a, if you're a team that's giving up your second round pick, giving up their like seventh overall pick or something if they sign him. Yeah. So let's say though that it's you know four million or uh, let's say I don't know. Let's say it's six to be generous. So if Nelson Cruz ends up signing something that's like three years and $36 million or something, which probably is about what he's worth. Um, then, you know, the, a team might dock him 6 million for that or 5 million for that or whatever. And if it's only one year that he's giving up, he might actually be smart to wait until I, I'm not sure that guys who are marginal like that, uh, who are barely worth signing with the traffic attached to them, shouldn't all be taking one-year contracts just to, I mean, it's essentially a, you know, $5 million raise for next year, maybe, um, by, you know, by, by not going out to the market when you're, wait a minute, wait, but so then that's a problem because then he would still cost a draft pick. Never mind. Yeah. He would cost, uh, the only way that he would not cost or a draft pick is if he bad. waited. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, no, the risk would be there, but I'm just yeah. saying that you, he can't, he can't not cost a draft pick. So whatever he does this year is going to cost a draft pick. So that doesn't actually make well, any can, sense. He could he sign can. with the Rangers, but then the Rangers would be giving up a draft pick. He can and wait he could go to a team after that, the draft. He could wait until after the draft, which is pretty late. Or he could go to a team that 
would give up a second round pick. I, I can't remember who's already given up their picks, but if you're a team like if you're a team whose first pick is already protected and whose second pick is already given up, and it only costs you a third round pick, yeah. well then that's hardly anything at all. So maybe he could find that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that was a lot of talking. Um, Nelson Cruz is done. Um, let's go to the number one free agent mm-hmm. uh, according to Baseball Prospectus remaining. Uh, which is Irvin Santana, who was number five overall. Um, and the natural thing to say is that Irvin Santana is coming off, you know, like a career year, more or less, or maybe the second best year of his career. And there's no way that he can do anything but go down. But on the other hand, teams aren't dumb. They've priced that likelihood of regression in. And if he, um, if he's any, you know, if he manages to repeat, uh, he's a much more reliable guy, and teams will price that in. So, you know, it's it's unrealistic probably to think that teams are all dumbly going to only look at the last year of his of his performance as it is. Um, and he, maybe he's one decent year away from getting a much bigger payday. So, should Irvin Santana roll the dice? Uh, I'm gonna try to look up the the free agent starting pitching market for next winter while we talk to okay. see who will be available, um, barring extensions, but. Uh, I don't, the only possible reason I could see for that is just because the the starting pitching market is so weird this year. We saw all the position players sign very early and all at once and mostly on the same day. Um, and then most of the top pitchers really, other than Kuroda, who was kind of always either going back to the Yankees or going back to Japan, it seemed like everyone else is still available, I guess partially at least because teams were waiting to see whether Tanaka would be posted and now they're waiting to see where Tanaka will go and how much he'll cost and that's gonna be holding things up for the rest of this month and then we will be a few weeks away from spring training by the time the the Tanaka negotiations are over so between that and I guess the fact that this group and uh, you know the people that you're going to bring up next are all sort of come with question marks or red flags and have sort of been up and down or have had injuries or and most of them will cost draft picks uh that probably has also contributed to how how slow to develop the starting pitching market has been but uh i i mean santana is probably the most attractive guy available right other than tanaka um and he i i kind of wonder whether tanaka will end up costing too much just because he is uh it's just like his talent is so alluring and he's a 25 year old free agent and we never see those um whether teams will end up overpaying for them instead of going for one of the the domestic options who are all over 30 and cost draft picks although the the posting fee has to be more than any team would value the 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 draft pick at right so in a sense there's there's more of a cost associated to, to signing Tanaka than there is to any of these other guys, an ancillary cost, um, which is a long-winded way of saying that uh, I probably Santana is not not a great candidate for a pillow contract. Um, it seems uh, so. The the other two pitchers are uh, who are who are also starting pitchers and who are also on this list are uh, Matt Garza and Ubaldo Jimenez. And the three of them are actually all fairly different, quite different, um, different circumstances and different types of pitchers. But one thing that 
maybe is I feel like you're right. Tanaka is the big reason that, and I'll get to that. But Tanaka seems to be the big reason that nobody is signing them yet, um, or why that market hasn't congealed. But the, all three of those guys are uh, also kind of very easy to rank radically differently. Yeah. You know, depending on who you are. And I'm gonna look up um, uh, what I think Keith Law's rankings are because i know his are actually quite a bit different than ours uh so he's got uh ubaldo in his is the number three free agent period um and the number one pitcher and for us ubaldo is down at number uh 13 overall uh you know between carlos beltran and jared saltalamacchia and behind nelson cruz and, um, you know, that's a huge difference. So if you're, if you think that if, if Ubaldo, certainly Ubaldo thinks that he's number three, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he knows that he's, he used to be hot stuff. He came back. It was hot stuff again. He, you know, he's a confident guy. He's, he, he's an ace. And so in his mind, he is worth that. And he only needs one team to, to say that he is. Whereas, um, you know, we have him with lots of question marks and there's all sorts of reasons for that. So all three of these guys are the sorts of guys who uh, it's easy to see why they would why they would take a long time to sign. It's also easy to see how another another year could really solidify their status and remove a lot of the question marks. Um, Garza is a weird guy because I Garza feels like I, I don't know that anybody's I mean, we we ranked him fairly high. And uh, let's see, uh, Keith ranked him eleventh uh, overall, um, which is like the one, two, three, four, fifth starting pitcher. But Garza, it feels like to me more than almost anybody who's a free agent right now saw his dro- his stock drop yeah. a lot last year. I mean, I guess Carl, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis Granderson more, but um, sorry, there's a ESPN video audio playing in my headphones and I cannot <laughs> currently think where, which tab are you? <laughs> oh, this is impossible. Uh, here it is. Well, we can't oh. hear it. All right. Uh, I forget what I was saying. Oh yeah. Garza feels just like, Garza feels like a mess right now. I don't feel like I would want Garza at all on my team. Is that- um, so is that because I said something sort of similar, and Brian Kenny asked me whether we are overweighting his half season with Texas, whether we're reading too much into that? Um, because we all, I don't know, people kind of liked Garza a year ago, and the Rangers really liked Garza and wanted to trade for him. And now uh, he is the one of these guys who doesn't cost a draft pick, right? He didn't get a qualifying yeah. offer. So, no, it was he couldn't because he got traded. Oh, right, right yes, right. Um, so theoretically, that should make him more attractive. So uh, why are so, we so scared of Matt Garza? Is it just the injuries? I mean, that's a that's a good reason. But um, yeah, well, remember uh, when you wrote? Uh, he's not he's not this bad. But remember the piece you wrote last year about Sean Markham when Sean Markham signed and and yeah, well, yeah, oh, well, we talked about Sean Markham a few times. I don't, um, and I said I that I was giving up on on injury rehab guys. Yeah, because eventually, even if they come back, they tend not to be, they tend not to be, like eventually the injuries catch up to the performance. It's not mm-hmm. that if, if a guy is good, but he's always injured, you think, oh, well, we just have to wait for him to be healthy and then he'll be great. But but what actually happens is the performance catches up to the injuries and mm-hmm. he stops being injured or good 
and just stop. He just becomes neither of them. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I don't know, maybe I've been a little less inclined to guys who I feel like are a certainty to be on the DL at some point in the year. He's Um, he's not quite in the Markham class. I mean, he's no, of course not. He's not. He's not close to that. But yeah. Uh, But yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's I don't know. He just he 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 feels he feels old he feels older than he he just there's just an unmistakable sense of of sad momentum going in his career and maybe that's maybe chauvinistic tweets and yeah and that weird ability to throw inability to throw is uh-huh. is is odd i don't know yeah sure we are probably overestimating yeah. his bad half season with texas i mean texas wanted him for like forever yeah and then they they finally get him. Pretty good players for him for a half season. Yeah, they were trying to get him for years, and then they finally get him. It's like four days later, you could just see like the sense of <laughs> disappointment. Like they had realized once they got close to him, they realized that there was like this smell that they <laughs> that they didn't know because they were so far away. And I don't know. There's something about the way that Texas just immediately was disappointed in him that convinced mm. me that <laughs> there's something not quite there's just something not quite right about Garza the pitcher. Yeah. I don't know, though. You're probably right. Probably his facial hair. That, too. (laughs) I think I did a post on that once for some reason, his changing facial hair over the years. He's had many many different shaped goatees. Has Jeff Sullivan written (laughs) about Matt Garza? done a lot of good work in our our time. Can we find Jeff Sullivan's Matt Garza (laughs) post and rip that off, too? Yeah, he probably has one. He probably does. Uh, All right. So so... the starting pitching free, free agent market for next year... Uh, there are some attractive pitchers who theoretically are available, but by the time we actually get there, may not be anymore. Um, of course, beginning with Clayton Kershaw and uh, and Max Scherzer. So the Cy Young, the Cy Young Award-winning pitchers are free agents next season, theoretically. But um, I would be shocked if both of them made it. I'd be sort of surprised if either of them made it. So uh, if you if you figure that they might not be there, then you're looking at uh, still some pretty good pitchers. But, I mean, there's John Lester, maybe. Uh, there's Homer Bailey. There's Justin Masterson, PV, Wandy Rodriguez, James Shields. And uh, Giovanni Gallardo has a $13 million club option, I guess. Um, Cueto has a club option that will be picked up. So... So I don't know. It, it's not assuming Kershaw and Scherzer and those guys don't make it. Um, probably won't look any stronger than than this year's. I guess could be worse. What do you think Matt Garza's the best FIP of Matt Garza's career is? Uh, like three point seven five. No. Oh goodness gracious! You're pessimistic. No, it's two point nine five. It's really good. Really? Yeah. What do you think the second best is? <laughs> um, now I'm going to overcompensate and it'll be too low uh, th- 3.4 3.88 so I did it yeah you did do it <laughs> so, anyway I mean that's a, basically a league average pitcher so uh, I, I mean there's nothing wrong with a league average pitcher who's available for 140 innings a year but it's not I don't know it doesn't do it for me anyway the point I was going to make about Tanaka is if we assume that these three guys are all on the board because teams are kind of waiting to see if they can get Tanaka instead, do you think that's a fair description of the market? 
Uh, like, if there was no Tanaka, would these three guys all be available? No, probably not. Would, would any of these guys be available? I'll say yes. How many? Maybe, maybe one. So okay, so two. There's at least two teams that are waiting to sign these guys and would otherwise be interested in signing him, but for Tanaka and and probably maybe even more because it's not you know that if say one team signs Santana as soon as Tanaka goes off the board, there might have been four teams that were trying to get Santana. So there might be this whole grip of teams, like a half dozen teams that are looking at these guys and thinking, boy. I'd really like one of these guys, but I'd like Tanaka even more. Doesn't yeah. it feel kind of a, doesn't it feel like this is the time to strike if you're one of those teams? You have to think your odds of getting Tanaka are not very good. There's mm-hmm. there's there's probably, you know, a dozen teams that will try to get Tanaka and probably five or so teams that are really credible that have a really credible shot at it. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, at best maybe like a one in six ish, one in seven ish chance of getting the guy. And as soon as you do, as soon as someone else gets him and you miss him, then and all of a sudden... There's going to be a run on starting. There's a run yeah. on Garza and Santana and Ubaldo. So I mm-hmm. guess maybe those three guys have had something planted in their mind that they're going to get this huge payday after Tanaka signs. So maybe you can't get them at a discount right now. But it feels like it would be a pretty good position to be the one team that's like, you know, caressing them right now and saying <laughs> nice things. Uh-huh. Um... So especially if you're the team that figures of the, you know, say you're one of the five teams with the credible chance of Tanaka, but you think you're like the fifth team with the credible chance of Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Well, then that means you're still the fourth team with the credible chance at Santana when it all comes down. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it works this way. It mm-hmm. feels like uh, it shouldn't work this way. All right. Yeah. Uh, the last. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. OK. The last two in the top 20, whatever I said, mm-hmm. uh, are both position players. Uh, one is Kendry's Morales. Well, uh, AJ Burnett was also in there, right? I I I said that I was a. We oh, were, you, you did. Okay, I didn't hear yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's gonna retire or go back to the Pirates. Because he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh-huh. yeah. So okay. okay. So Kendry's Morales pillow contract. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, I, any contract <laughs> that. That someone would give him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Can you even call it a, a pillow contract in this case? Because uh, I don't know. I feel like he's not gonna. Like, would a team give him a ton for one year? I no. No. They, they would not give him a ton for one year. They would give him not very much at all in exchange for giving up a draft pick, maybe. And yeah. let him walk away at the end. It's hard to see what he does to increase his value, other than shed the yeah. compensation pick, and also maybe he finds a team that lets him play a position, and he does it like maybe he turns out to be like a plus three first baseman, and all of a sudden the narrative around him changes, and he stays healthy all year. That's super duper risky, though. If you were putting your entire career earnings in a one-year pillow contract mm-hmm. situation. Uh, and then you're going and playing the field 150 times, which is the entire question around you, mm-hmm. uh, then that's not very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see, I don't, yeah, it's hard to see how he, it's hard to see how he makes profit in any situation right now. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a weird situation from Rouse. You know, he'll end up getting more than we think. Yeah. Just like Loesch did. Yeah. Just like Loesch did. Just mm-hmm. like everybody does. They all make more than we think. Mm-hmm. 
so no, you're saying no. In an interview with Peter Gammons today, Scott Boris expressed his confidence that Kendris Morales and the next guy you're going to ask me about will find good contracts with teams that will put more value on their contributions than the value of possibly second or third round draft pick. Oh. So that's more or less what you said about Cruz. Yeah, I mean, half the league could sign one of these guys right now without giving up a first-round pick because they've either already given up their first-round pick or they're, you know, they have a protected pick. But the problem is that most of the teams with protected picks aren't the teams that go buying big free agents. Mm-hmm. They they are they're protected because they're usually you know they're bad. Boris suggested banning qualifying offers for players over thirty. And a monetary compensation, <laughs> whatever the Venn diagram is that that includes just his clients, uh, we should ban the qualifying average for them. Uh, and a monetary compensation system for teams who lose free agents under 30 that the clubs can reinvest in signings or draft spending. So we should, uh, hard we should, to follow that, but... We should make the system more complicated. Almost anything that almost anything that adds details to the compensation yeah. <laughs> system bothers me because yeah. it should be done away with completely. Uh, and adding adding patches just makes it probably harder to get rid of. Um, so Stephen Drew is the last one, and I could see a case for Stephen Drew. Can you see a case for Stephen Drew? Yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't drawn more interest. Oh, you mean as a as a qualifying offer candidate, uh, no, as a, a as a pillow contract candidate? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's coming off a, a strong year. Uh, he, he stayed fairly healthy, and he hit well, and he fielded well, and he won the World Series, and, you know, um, and he's, he's 30. I mean, he seems like he should have been a more attractive candidate than this, if the... The Cardinals were willing to, to pay Peralta as much as they did because it seemed like they were kind of getting held hostage when they were trying to trade for a shortstop. And they seemingly didn't have much interest in, in him. They, I think they said something like, uh, we you know teams were asking too much in trade and the only other available guy who was good was going to cost a draft pick. Um, and that's why they went with Peralta. But uh, it sort of surprises me that, I mean... I don't know. Let me look at the the free agent shortstops for next year. But he's, I mean, it's not even close. He's by far the best available. You, he was the best available. Um, I don't know why. Why do you think he? Let's see. It's uh, Estrubal Cabrera is a free agent next year. J.J. Hardy is a free agent. Jed Lowry is a free agent, and Hanley maybe if he doesn't get signed to an extension. Um, I. I just think because he more than anybody on the list except for Ubaldo and maybe more than Ubaldo, but except for Ubaldo feels like he can really change the story of who he is as a player with one more good, healthy year. I mean, he is potentially, I I think he is potentially a four to six win player who still has tremendous questions about his health and about his consistency. And if he had a four to six win season as a shortstop, uh, then, you know, next year he's, he's, He's old enough that he's not going to, you know, necessarily ever get, you know, a, a huge deal. But he's he's but he's younger than Shinsu Chu, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, he plays shortstop. He plays it well still. At, it seems to me that's at least the story around him. And um, it's uh, it seems like there's the the difference between him signing right now and the difference between 
him rolling the dice and having one more year like he just have he like he just had is you know potentially like 60-ish million dollars mm-hmm. and um Ubaldo's the same way I mean Ubaldo is right now seems to me a guy who uh, I don't know maybe Anibal Sanchez kind of deal at the at, at the slightly higher end to me uh, well at the higher end to me but one more year like he had from late April on and all of a sudden he becomes um you know a 140 million dollar guy and so to me that's when you do a pillow contract is when you can uh really reestablish who people see you as because everybody gets lumped into categories all these deal all these players they hit the market and they're immediately lumped into a category as a number two pitcher or as a you know whatever they are that's what they are as a you know bat first uh you know, power hitter or whatever, and then they get compared to a bunch of guys who are in that category, and they get a deal that's pretty similar to guys in that category. So if you can jump a level, if you can jump a tier or two, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me to risk it. Um, and uh, you know, Drew's a very rich man; he could probably uh, risk, uh, you know, a big bet. I don't know. I shouldn't tell him what he should risk, but uh, you know, it feels to me like like Drew more than anybody could end up being a real bargain right now at whatever deal he signs and mm-hmm. therefore he should probably not sign it mm-hmm. okay uh so we talked about a bunch of free agents mm-hmm. okay <laughs> show over uh i thought i had something else to say but i've forgotten all right we'll bring it back tomorrow so we'll be here okay okay uh, send us. Wait, hang on. Oh, it's I coming feel like back. It's close. It's coming I feel back. Like it's close. It's coming back. What? Hey, what if they had like a? Wouldn't you love to see a one-year? Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. I remember what I was gonna say. I was just gonna make a joke about how for the Cardinals, if the Cardinals sign a qualifying offer free agent, you know, a compensation free agent, mm-hmm. they should take away. They should take away their thirteenth round pick because that's <laughs> that's really what would hurt them. <laughs> that's where they get their stars. <laughs> yes. You take away their first round pick, they won't even notice. <laughs> Good joke. I'm Thanks. glad. I'm glad it came back to you. All right. Anything else? That's the show. Got no more jokes. <laughs> okay. Uh, send us emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com, and we will be back tomorrow. Okay. Ready. You want to start? Sure. It's your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Got to pick the topic. Yep. You know how you look forward to that. Hmm. Time to shine. <laughs> okay. 359. Three. Wait a minute. Oh. Hang. Hang on, I just realized something. Hang on, hang on. Cold feet? <laughs> are you are you like are you planting a, t- a, a are you planting a a, a, tag, a tag for the end? Okay, yeah. <laughs>